I hope you'll hold your place there in Genesis chapter 5, because we will look at that passage briefly this morning. But then find Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll see Enoch's mention in heaven's hall of faith. We've been looking at those people in history that are mentioned in heaven's hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, is so we can learn lessons about our own faith what faith looks like, how we exercise our faith, how we know what faith is. And today we're going to look at Enoch who walked with God. Fall is a good time of year to take walks. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's not too hot. It's not too cold. But I much prefer taking a walk with someone than walking by myself. Now, uh, some of you may prefer walking by yourself, and I, I'm not saying you, that's wrong. I just know that when I am going to take a walk, I'd much rather take a walk with someone. And in this passage, Enoch walks with God. And I'm excited about what God is doing here at Elmira Baptist Church, what he's doing in your lives, how he's enabling us to impact our community. That, that's God's work. And if we want to continue this work in our own lives, and if we want to continue to be a bright light and savory salt in our community, then we need faith. Uh, our, our text tells us, Hebrews eleven six that without faith it's impossible to please God. In fact, when we started this, <clears throat> this series, we were looking at four, four axioms about faith, four things that are true about faith. Of course, our faith must be in God. We looked at that. But number one, we have faith that God exists. Those that come, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, Hebrews eleven six tells us. Number one, that God exists. The second thing, that God rewards those who seek him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So God exists, God rewards those who diligently seek Him, and that God created everything. And He created everything by His powerful Word. Verse 3 tells us that in Hebrews 11. Through faith we understand that the, word, that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So we know that God created all things. We have faith that God created all things. And then finally, that God communicates to people. And we're going to see that because God warns Noah. We're going to see that because Abraham was called to go out into a place. We see that because Sarah, in verse 11, has a promise that's given to her. So God communicates to people. And today, how does God communicate to us? Through His Word, through the Bible. So we're not, I'm not asking you to find your mystical place or find that labyrinth and walk through it. No, I need you, and I need to, open my Bible and read it. And know what God has to say to me, because God communicates to people. Now, as we talk about these various characters, people in history, uh, you'll see various aspects emphasized. But God communicates to people. If you don't believe that, if you don't believe that God communicates to you, if you don't believe there's any way for you to know what God's will is, then it's going to be difficult to walk by faith. And remember, the Bible tells us that we walk by faith, not by sight. So we started the series by looking at the truth that our faith must be in God. It's not faith in faith, certainly not faith in this church or faith in me. Our faith must be in God. And then last week when we looked at Abel, we saw that a man of faith, a woman of faith, 
is convinced that God eventually will reward the righteous and judge the wicked. And today, as we examine Enoch's life, we're going to find that the Christian who walks by faith walks with God. The person who walks by faith walks with God. I want you to walk with God. And when I say you, I don't mean as a group. I mean as individuals in this group. I want you to walk with God. I have a, I have a great time when we get together. Recently, uh, just even last night, there was a group of us getting ready for the, for the uh, banquet. And so we're setting up. And it was enjoyable just to talk with you. Just to laugh with you. Sometimes to almost cry with you as we talk about the burdens that are on our souls. And we can walk with each other in that way. We can have fellowship with each other. But how much more important that we walk with God and that we have fellowship with God. And Enoch was a man who walked with God. How do we know that? Because it says that in our text. Let me read to you Hebrews 11 verses 5 and 6. It says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith. It is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, if I can just take a minute to explain what verse 5 tells us and what we saw in Genesis 5.25, there was a day when Enoch was walking with God, and the people around him knew where he was, and then suddenly he wasn't there anymore. God had taken him from this earth to be in God's very presence. We often call that place heaven. And so he went, he never died. He just was taken directly to heaven. Now we use the word translate often to talk about you have something in one language and then you translate it into another language. In this case, we have Enoch who's in one place. He's on earth, walking around, breathing the same air you and I breathe. And suddenly God translates him and now he's in heaven in the very presence of God. Now I don't know all the how God did that, or why God did that. And some people believe we're going to see Enoch on this earth again, and I, I, I'm not speaking to that today. All I want us to focus on is that Enoch walked with God. Now, when you walk with someone, let's think about this for a minute. When you walk with someone, and like I said, I enjoy walking with people. When you walk with someone, there are some things that you, that you share, the first thing you share is you share each other's presence. You have a sense of each other's presence. I mean, I hope you do. I hope as you're walking with someone, you're not, where did they go? And they're right beside you, right? The second thing you have to share is you have to share the same direction. Maybe you've been walking with someone and you come to a, a fork in the road, or you come to a place where the, the path comes to a T and you've got to go right or left. If you're going to walk together, what do you have to do? You have to share the same direction and both go right or both go left. Uh, additionally, you have to share the same pace. Now, I learned that when my wife and I, before we were even married, I learned that we can be going, my wife and I, we can be going the same direction, but if I'm walking at my speed and she's walking at her speed, pretty soon we're not walking together. <laughs> and the reason is she has to take two steps for every one step that I take. Her legs are just not the same length. They tell me, they tell me that we stop growing when we reach perfection. And my wife just reached perfection a lot sooner than I did. So when we walk together, I've got to intentionally slow down or she's got to intentionally speed up. And typically I think it's kinder for me to slow down than say, come on, let's run. 
You have to share the same pace. And you know what's neat? As you share each other's presence, as you share the same direction and you share the same pace, you also share the same experience. You see things together. Sometimes you smell things together. In our neighborhood, there must be some people who really like to barbecue. Because we'll be walking or grill. We'll be walking along and suddenly there'll be the most delicious smell. You almost feel like walking up to the door nearby and knocking and saying, can I share some of that with you? <laughs> so there's things you see, there's things you smell, there's a shared experience. And then I think what I delight most in is I take walks with people is their shared conversation. You share your thoughts with the person you're walking with. That person shares their thoughts with you, concerns observations. So let's look at this. Let's take these one at a time. As we walk with God, the first thing that we share is we have God's presence with us. Now let me remind you that in Hebrews 13, 5, God promises he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. So if there comes a time in your life where you don't sense God's presence, there's two possibilities. The first possibility, and this is a very real possibility, is that you're not a child of God. You don't have his Holy Spirit living inside you and dwelling you, and so you, you're not aware of his presence. We're going to talk more about that later. But there's a second possibility. God never leaves us and he never forsakes us. But even as Christians, we can let a, a sin come between me and God so that I feel as if his presence isn't nearby. Now, God hasn't gone anywhere. What have I done? I've gone somewhere. And what is required then is confession. God, forgive me. You know, what's neat is when I confess, I don't have to do penance. I don't have to show up at church the next three Sundays in a row. I don't have to give a certain amount in the offering plate. I don't have to pray for so many hours or minutes. Or I don't have to say, you know what? When God forgives, he forgives us completely. Not because I'm a good person or you're a good person, but because he is a merciful God. We share his presence. I mentioned earlier that one of the things we have to believe is that God exists. We must believe our faith is in God and that God exists. And that means that He is. He can be right there with us. I mentioned that we believe that God created all things. And so when we look out and we see the fall colors, I love the uh, different shades of, of, of red and, and, and yellow as the leaves change color. I love that. And you know what? That is God's handiwork. I forget which one of you was telling me just this uh, week, you stepped into your backyard and you were reminded how good God is by looking around you. You see, when you walk with God, you're aware of his presence. You know that he's there with you. You know that he's there with you when he provides for you. We're coming up on the Christmas season and here in Vacaville, we all know that around the Christmas season, you don't go to the outlet mall. There's way too many people up there. But let's imagine there's a gift that you want to get at the outlet mall for someone special. You know you have to go, so you pick a day, you grit your teeth, you drive over there, and as you're getting up to the store, you see that perfect parking spot right in front of the store. And it's not even a handicapped spot. You can park there. And you pull in. And you know what I often do? I say, thank you, Lord. This, this spot shouldn't be here. But it is. And we should see God in every provision that he makes for us. We have a sense of God's presence. There's also a shared direction. When a Christian walks with God, there's a shared direction. Amos 3 tells us, can two walk together except they be agreed? 
So there's a shared direction. We're going the same direction. Now, let me start on the negative side because there are some things that prevent us from going in the direction that God has for us. And one of those things that prevents us from going in the direction that God's going, God, God has a plan for my life. He's, he's headed in a direction and he wants to go this way. And I say, no, 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 I'm going to go this way. And that always happens when I have my own plans. Don't hold too tightly to your life plans. Now, I, I'm a big believer that people should plan, people should prepare. But sometimes God changes our direction, doesn't he? I was in high school. I was so sure that I wanted to go to the United States Naval Academy. In fact, I was so sure that I wanted to go to the Naval Academy, they gave me an opportunity. They gave a group of us an opportunity to spend one week in Annapolis at the Naval Academy. I thought that was, the, that was a great week. I loved it. I came home and I said to my parents, you know, I really want to go to the Naval Academy. And if you've ever talked with them, someone who's gone to one of the service academies, there's some things you got to do, some tests, medical tests. You've got to get a recommendation from your representative or from your senator, unless your dad's a Medal of Honor winner. My dad was not. So I started preparing for this. And then through preaching, I realized, you know, I have never asked God, what do you want me to do? You see, I had my own plans. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what made me, what made me happy, but I hadn't asked God about it. And if we're going to walk with God, we have to share his direction. And negatively speaking, we have to give up our own plans. We have to give up our own ambitions. Sometimes God changes the circumstances around us and we feel like God has pulled the rug out from underneath us and we can become sullen, we can become bitter, even angry at God, and just, I'm not moving. We can be like that two-year-old that has walked too far and he decides he's not walking anymore. <laughs> and he just sits on the ground. And sometimes as Christians, we're like that. And if we're going to walk in God's direction, we can't do that. When our circumstances change in ways we don't expect, we can trust that God is in control. If we walk with God, we're going to have to share his direction. So positively speaking, how is it that we share his direction? Well, hold your place there in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Go back to Genesis. And we're actually going to look at verse six, uh, chapter 6 in Genesis, but it's just the next chapter from chapter 5. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, we saw that Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And here in Genesis chapter 6, Notice what verse 5 says. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. This is the story of Noah, which we'll get into more fully when we look at Noah. But Genesis chapter 6 verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. As God looked down at the men and the women that inhabited earth around the time of Enoch. Now this is Noah. But Noah is Enoch's great-grandson, and his long, uh, these, these long lives that the patriarchs had, this would have been about the time of Enoch, we see that everybody around him has terrible, wicked thoughts. But Enoch walked with God. So obviously Enoch's, Enoch's thoughts were very different than the people around him. Now, you don't have to go very far. In fact, you can walk out the doors of this church and you can sit down in your car and you can turn on the radio or turn on a podcast. 
You can go home and, and turn on a television or an iPad or some other screen. You can go to the store and see the advertisements and instantly be bombarded with wicked thinking. You're not even looking for it and be bombarded with wicked thinking. So if we're going to share God's direction, if we're going to think godly thoughts when all around us we're being bombarded with wicked thinking, we're going to have to spend time meditating on Scripture. You need to, I need to, hide God's Word in our hearts. Take time to memorize and then meditate on what God has taught us. Because otherwise, if we just let our minds follow where our culture is leading, if we let our minds follow where people around us, what people around us are saying, then our minds will immediately gravitate towards, move towards wickedness. We have to intentionally and actively meditate on God's words. If we're going to share God's direction. To share God's direction requires you to have faith. You have to have faith that God is going in the right direction if you're going to walk with Him. Every once in a while, I'll take a hike with my family and we'll be in a new area, maybe a national forest or something else, and we'll be following what we think is the trail map and you'll come to a fork in the road and we'll all look at the map and some of us will say, well, I think we should go this way. And some of the family says, well, I think we should go this way. And we've got to make a decision if we're going to stay together. And the truth is, God knows the way that we ought to go. So when God says, let's go this way, don't say, no, 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 I think I've got a better way. Your way is never better than God's way. When I was in, Mon another illustration, when I was in Mongolia, I was way out in the countryside. So far away, we didn't even have cell phone service. We didn't have running water. We didn't have electricity. But we did have a car and we did have extra gas. And we were headed to uh, a waterfall that I... I I knew it was out there somewhere, but I didn't know where it was. And so I said to the Mongolians who were near, who, who we were staying with, I said, do you know where this waterfall is? Oh, yeah, we know. It. We'll take you. So I asked one of them to drive because I didn't want to drive. And I sat next to the driver and we're going along and nobody in the car speaks English. It's only Mongolian. And they're all talking to Mongolian and I'm loving it because I'm learning how to say things. And all of a sudden the driver says to one of the men in the back, as we come up on a fork in the road, he says, what direction do we go? And I'm listening because I want to see if the guy says right or says left because they don't say right and left just the way we say it. Christy remembers this. And so I'm thinking, going to say right or is he going to say left? Is he going to say north or is he going to say south? And the guy says, go up. Deshe. And I'm looking at these two roads and they're both on flat ground. Neither one of them goes up. I said to the, and the driver just goes to the right. I said to the driver, how did you know to go to the right? When he said, Deshe, Deshe means go up. This road doesn't go up. He says, miles from here, this road's going to go up over a mountain. The other goes down into the valley. <laughs> now, they knew that because they lived in the area. They knew the roads. God knows your roads. And sometimes he says, you need to go right. And you look down the right-hand road and you say, no, that isn't going where I think it should go. You can trust God. And when we walk with God, we share his direction. And he says, go this way. And we don't say, no, no, God, let me tell you how to do this. We say, God, you're right. I'm going to go your direction. Meditate on his word. Spend time in your Bible. Know what direction God is headed and stick with him. Stay with him. You also have to share not only his direction, but as I mentioned earlier, you have to share the same pace that God has because God's timing is often very different than my timing. Let's just think about people we know in the Bible. God promised Abraham a son, 
but it took decades for that promise to be fulfilled. In fact, God promised Abraham that his descendants would own the land, and that took centuries to fulfill. After Acts, after Jesus was resurrected, after he came back to life and he was spending time with his disciples in Acts chapter 1, the disciples were so excited, they said, Jesus, now are you going to establish the kingdom? Now, Jesus still hasn't established his kingdom. We're still waiting for that promise. But God always takes us at the right pace. Don't be ahead of God and don't be behind God. But here's the great thing. As we walk with God, not only do we share his presence and not only do we share his direction and not only do we share his pace, but we also share the experiences of life with our great God. He's right there beside us. He knows the circumstances that we're going through. When you lose a job unexpectedly, God knows that. When you go into the doctor and they give you a diagnosis of a chronic disease, God knows that. When someone that you love betrays you and they stab you in the back, not, not literally, but metaphorically, they stab you in the back, God knows that. When you have an adult child who's walking away from God, God knows that. When you lose a loved one, a spouse, a parent, a child. God is right there in those experiences of life. He is sharing that with you. God knows what you're going through. The Bible says that Jesus was in all points tempted like as we are, without sin, yet without sin. He knows our infirmities. He's experienced it. And now as we walk with God day by day, he also experiences the things that we're experiencing. God is not insensitive or unconcerned about the things that happen to us. That's why he says that we can cast all of our cares upon him because he does. He cares for us. What have you experienced in life that God does not know about? Nothing. What bad thing has happened to you in your life that God does not care about? And the answer is nothing. What need do you have in your life that, in your mind, is going unfulfilled? God seems completely unaware of it. He may seem unaware of it, but He knows. You're sharing your walk with Him. He's right there beside you. God knows every unfulfilled hope. God knows every unmet desire that I, that I have. And that brings me to my final point about walking with God there's shared communication. Because God already knows what I'm going through, it's, it should be easy for me to open up my heart and, and tell him what's there. Now, I don't tell him what's in my heart because he doesn't know. I tell him what's in my heart because sometimes I have trouble admitting it. Sometimes I have trouble admitting that I am discouraged and I am depressed because look at all these circumstances that are not going the way I think they should go. And when I tell God that, and I ask for his peace, and I ask for his wisdom to respond to the circumstances, he's always met me with the grace and the wisdom that I need. But I do need to communicate with him. 
When things are going great, and I mean things are falling, things that I didn't expect to happen are happening. And you get so excited because life is going so well. Sometimes you want to get up to the top of that roller coaster and then you look down at the other side. You know, God's on the upswings too. God's experiencing them with you. Tell him, thank you. I didn't expect you to do that. I forgot to even pray about it. It never occurred to me to ask for that. Lord, but that's exactly what I needed. There's a sharing of communication, thoughts, concerns, observations. I'm sure that Enoch did that. It says in Hebrews chapter 11 that before his translation, before Enoch's translation, before Enoch left this earth and went home to be with God, he pleased God. And he pleased God because he had faith. If you're still there in Genesis 5, let, let me show you something real quick. And, and if you're not in Genesis 5, find Genesis 5. Much of this chapter is a genealogy where God inspires Moses to record the name of a father and then a son and then that son's son and that son's son, and etc. And over and over it says that Abraham, not Abraham, excuse me, Adam begets a son, he has a boy, and then he lives so many years. And then Seth has a boy and he lives so many years. And then Enos has a boy, Canaan, and he lives so many years. And then Canaan has a boy, Mahaliel, and he lives so many years. And Mahaliel has another boy. His name is Jared, and, Jared, and then he lives so many years. And Jared has a boy. Jared's boy, in verse 18, is Enoch. And Enoch lived after he begat, excuse me, and Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years. This is in verse 19. But notice what it says about Enoch. Enoch lived 60 and 5 years. Verse 21, we read it. Genesis 5:21. Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. That's his son, Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God. Enoch didn't just live. He walked with God. And it said he had this testimony that he walked with God, which means the people around Enoch could see it. Now, we know he had a family because he has a wife and he has a son, at least, probably more children. We know that he has a job because God wants us to work. So he had some, some work he did. And my guess is he probably had co-workers. And he lived in a community and his family and his co-workers and his community, they all saw Enoch's testimony that he walked with God. Amen. How about the people around you? The people that you see every day. Let's start with the easy ones. The people in your neighborhood, would they say you walk with God? Or are you the one that puts your trash can right in front of their car and right behind their car because you don't like the way they park on the street? <laughs> and you're going to show them that's your parking spot. Do your coworkers know that you walk with God? Now, every one of us has jobs that at times they become stressful. And you know, it's during those times of stress that people see very quickly whether we're walking with God and we have his grace and we have his wisdom and we have his peace or whether we're just really running on our own fumes. Do the people around you know that you walk with God? How about your family? Do they know that you walk with God? I've told this on myself before, but more than once now I've come home and one of my family members will say to me, uh, Dad, I need to know first if you're filled with the Spirit today. <laughs> That's their way of saying bad news is coming. You know what? When we walk with God, bad news, we can handle it. 
God will give us grace. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I never cry. I'm not saying I never want to pull my hair out with frustration. I'm never saying that desire never occurs to me. But I am saying that God always meets me with grace. And he always meets me with peace. And when I say, God, I have no idea. <laughs> give me wisdom. The Bible says he gives wisdom. And when you walk with God, here's my point. When you walk with God, you're talking with God constantly. And guess what? The people around you ought to see that you're different. That, that there's something about you that they can't explain humanly. And it's because you're walking with someone who is not human. You're walking with the divine. Enoch walked with God. We mentioned at the beginning uh, of this series that there were four axioms. God exists. Enoch believed that God exists. Enoch believed that God rewards those who seek him. And so Enoch went out of his way to seek God. He made an intentional effort. He made a conscious decision that he was going to seek God. He believed that God created all things. And whatever he experienced, whatever he came across in creation that was beautiful, that was helpful to him, he could see God's goodness in that. And Enoch must have believed that God communicates to people. That God had something to tell him because Enoch walked with God. How about you? Are you walking with God? Do you share God's direction? Do you share God's pace? Or are you a couple of steps ahead of God? Or a couple of steps behind God? Do you realize that God is sharing life with you? Good things, he's there rejoicing with you. Difficult things, you can cast your care on him. He knows your infirmities. He's promised that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now let me come back to something I said at the beginning, and that is sometimes people don't experience God's presence, they don't experience his peace, they don't experience his grace because they're not a child of God. And that's the first step in this walk of faith. A lot of people call it, and I like this word, salvation, to be saved from sin. The truth is, every one of us, including Enoch, including Adam, Definitely Cain that we looked at last week. Every one of us is a sinner. We've done things that are wrong, that break God's law and that break God's heart. And God says, there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned. That's what God says. God says that the wages of sin is death. Too often, because we look around us and we see so much sin, we think, well, God, God must forgive all this stuff. No, God must judge sin. He says the wages of sin is death. But God so loved the world, you know this verse, that he gave his only begotten son. That's why Jesus came to die on the cross for me, for you. Because God knew that we could never save ourselves. We could never do anything, uh, do enough righteousness, do enough good things to get to heaven. And the first step in this walk with God the first step in our journey of faith is to admit that we're sinners, that Jesus Christ died for us, that he rose again, showing victory over sin, victory over death, and that through God's grace, not anything I do, not anything I am, but through God's grace, I can have eternal life and know that my sins are forgiven. The Bible tells us, for by grace are ye saved, through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. 
And if you don't, you've never sensed God's presence. You're saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't feel like I'm walking with God. How do I start my walk with God? That's where it starts. Knowing that you are God's child, that your sins are forgiven, that you have eternal life. So have you received God's gift by faith? Here in a minute, we're going to have an invitation. I'm going to ask uh, our pianist to come and she's going to play. And I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes where you're at here in a minute. And there's couple of things that you can do during that time. If you don't know that you're God's child, you're not sure that your sins are forgiven and that you have eternal life, I invite you to come to the front. That's why we call it an invitation. I invite you to come to the front and I'd be glad to match you up with someone who'll take a Bible and show you how you can know your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you're sure that you're a child of God, but you've never been baptized. I, Elmira Baptist Church would, would rejoice, rejoice to see you baptized. But I need, to let you, I need you to let me know, that's what I want to say. I need, to let, I need you to let me know that you want to be baptized. Come during the invitation for that. Maybe you'd like to join Elmira Baptist Church. Several of us have talked about that, and I'm, I'm waiting for you to take that step. Maybe there's a specific circumstance, difficult trial that you're facing, and you want to tell the church about it so we can pray with you and walk with you through that trial. If that's you, then you may come forward at the invitation as well. Let's stand together. I'm, again, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Christy's going to begin playing. And if one of those circumstances fits you, let me encourage you to come to the front and respond to the Lord. <laughs> 